Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Distraction Pieces Podcast, episode 174. Welcome back, everyone. Um, I hope you've all been enjoying the recent run. By Jove, it's been strong with uh, a great chat with Russell Howard last week, uh, Michael Fassbender the week before. And this week, we're continuing that run as I'm joined by Armando Iannucci, the legend Armando Iannucci. Um, before we get into this, I want to tell you a few things. Um, if this is your first time ch- ch- tuning in, then you might want to browse our back catalogue for people like Stuart Lee and Richard Herring and Adam Buxton, Paddy Considine, who's in the, the the film that we're here to primarily talk about. Obviously, we get into a lot of stuff, but that film is The Death of Stalin. Um, so you might want to, yeah, as I said, browse back and see see Paddy and Simon Pegg, maybe, Nick Frost, John Ronson. I'm just throwing up people that you might you might fancy having to listen to. There's been some good ones, I promise you. Also, this is the the film The Death of Stalin is based on a graphic novel um of the same name, which you, I recommend you check out. But also I've had a lot of, of I, I know I've got a lot of, of listeners who are in, into graphic novels. I've had previous guests of Alan Moore and uh Garth um, Ennis and Warren Ellis and uh, Kieran Gillen and, and Jamie McKelvey, tons of good people. But I want to recommend a comic I've read recently, or a graphic novel I've read recently called um, God's Country. It's really good. It's by a guy called Donny Cates, and uh, yeah, I, I I bought it. I chatted to Donny a, a little bit on uh, on Twitter over the years, and. Uh, I'd caught a few bits of his work and thought they were cool. And then I was in a shop the other day and saw, you know, a highly recommended new new book and I saw his name on it. I thought, I know that guy. I'll check that out. And then I bought it and it's it's absolutely amazing. So, yeah. I should also mention that we are brought to you as ever by speechdevelopmentrecords.com. That is my record label. It is also where you can buy Distraction Pieces podcast merch. You can buy CDs, vinyl a cd is um it's an old format you you might not be familiar with a cd stands for car disc um because they're discs that we listen to primarily in cars and they have music on them so we sell cds um and vinyl and loads of other good stuff so check them out speechdevelopmentrecords.com we've just launched our umbrellas our rucksacks our scarves our sweaters um our bobble hats all our winter range so um check them out but i'm gonna let you get into this episode now because it's a it's a lovely chat with armando i went to a screening of death of stalin and i, I sat next to a guy like there was a lot of, of of youtubers and podcasters and reviewers there and I, I sat next to a guy and i said it's always awkward when um you've you've booked a podcast before you've seen the film that the podcast is going to be primarily about um and we were chatting and i was saying it's always paid off well with garth jennings and 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 numerous other people but it's always a risk and then just before it started he said well you know i'm a fan of your work so i i really hope you enjoy it and that's when he revealed he's one of the writers and i'd been sitting there going oh i hope it's good so that was awkward, but um, enjoyable because turns out it's absolutely f- f- fantastic. So far, 
it's made its way as a late entrant into my films of the year list. Um, for, for anyone who follows me on, on social media at Scroobius Pipio on Instagram and Twitter, and just Scroobius Pip on a, a, a Facebook, you'll know each year I do my films of the year. So uh, this year I've been the most organised on it. It's every time I've gone to see a film. I've put it onto a list of all the films I've seen this year. And I've seen a lot of films in the cinema this year. I'm on 30 or 40 so far. Um, or more than that, maybe. But, um, yeah. Death of Stalin has snuck into my list. It's fantastic. We talk about it a lot in the podcast, so I won't go into it in huge detail now. But I recommend you check it out. As you're listening to this, it is out now. It came out on Friday. Um, so go and see it. You will enjoy it. It's very funny. And the line, the cast is just ridiculous. And obviously, it's Armando. Armando doesn't do bad things. Um, yeah. Before we get into Armando, actually, I'll mention that next week's guest is a great one. It's S. Craig Zala, who's the writer and director of Bone Tomahawk, one of my films of 2016 or 15. It was either end of 15 or beginning of 16. And Brawl in, in Cell Block 99, which is, again, another one that has made it into my films of the year. It's probably out out now. It might even be on demand now. It stars Vince Vaughn, and it's absolutely amazing. It's really good. He's being hyped a lot as kind of a new Tarantino. I think that's kind of lazy, because I don't think his style is very Tarantino, but I get what they mean in that you watch one of his films and you you recognise it as an S. Craig Zala film. So he'll be next week's guest so, this is episode 174 of the Distraction Pieces podcast with Armando Iannucci. This piece of fiction is the intro to Distraction Pieces. This piece of fiction is the intro to Distraction Pieces. This piece of fiction is the intro to Distraction Pieces. This piece of fiction is the intro to Distraction Pieces. Oh, yeah. um, so, I'm rolling. Um, it might not have picked up, but as we started recording, there was a drum machine playing on my yeah. on my mixing desk there. So well, I insist unusual. on that. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's how you like to start most it's podcasts, my right? Intro. Well, not just podcasts, just anywhere in life. You know, if I walk into a shop, <laughs> you know, we ring ahead so that they can have a drum machine it, kind of playing it, as I come in. It's important to have an impact and yes. have that introduction <laughs> um, into a room. I'm joined by Armando Anucci. How are you today, sir? I'm very good, actually. I'm doing quite well. I did a whole day yesterday. From 8am till about 8pm uh, of, of talking oh, wow. about the film. And, and how was that? Are you tired of it yet? I'm not, I'm not tired. Uh, I, I'm, I'm getting tired of the film. In that I've seen it so many times right, that I yeah. can't now sit. We're doing the premiere tonight, so obviously I'll sit through that. And then, yeah. and then I'll put watching the film to bed for a number of years. Or, or, or um, I, I, I saw it on, <clears> on Friday and, yes. and you got to rush off. Gracefully, and I sat next yeah. to Peter, who's obviously watched it a few times yes. as well. And at the end, I was like, "How was that watching it with a crowd?" He's like, "I've seen it a lot." He's <laughs> <laughs> quite honestly, I was like, "That was amazing." He's like, "I've seen it a lot." And I know. I'm now noticing every time there is a laugh or isn't a laugh. I know, but but you also, you start thinking of stuff you took out, or maybe I could have put a line back in there, or right. maybe yeah, the laugh would have been even bigger if we'd f- shaved a few frames. You know, it's it's all that stuff which yeah. which would just drive you mad. So you have to actually stop. I mean, obviously, you hand the film over when you're happy with it, and I'm happy with it. Yeah, but, of course. But, you know, if you keep looking at it, you'll, you'll just get driven mad. Yeah. Right? How, how, how quick a turnover was this project? Because it, it feels like 
I don't know, it felt that the excitement still felt quite fresh yes. with everyone. And that's often, yes. when there's a long edit and a long turnover, you kind no. of on to the next project and you've I forgotten mean, about the excitement. it's been a very happy and fast process. Yes, yeah, it uh, felt like that. You know, I, uh, you know, I was asked to do the story based on the graphic novel. We should mention The Death of Stalin is, is, yes. is, is, is your new film. Oh, let's, yes, let's of course. Let's get the name in there as yes. well. Let's mention. You can see I've... I've you know, having talked myself raw, I, yeah. I'm now completely rubbish at promoting my own movie. <laughs> but yeah, no, yeah, definitely. <laughs> there was a point yesterday when uh, <laughs> I was doing a radio interview and they sat me down and just before the interview they said, now we're going to do two things. We're going to do the actual programme itself yep. and you'll be joined by a number of other guests who are going to be talking about A, B and C. And then separately I'd like to take you away and we're going to do a, a separate thing for a podcast which is about your five cultural artefacts and so on. And I just said, stop. I didn't understand a word you said yeah my brain is dead now yeah please just do one thing at a time i couldn't think it's what um, i like about podcasts is yeah the, the, like every time i've I, originally i didn't do any press junkets or press runs yes and then i started to do them and i realized that people quite enjoy having a long time a long to time. kind of break into it and not yeah. be like oh i've got 10 minutes i need to get the yes. release date in october 20th death of Stalin in yeah, cinema yeah, and all this yeah. coming it's like you get yeah, that and when you're talking relax. to people and doing sort of seven minutes with each one of them, yeah. you start to forget Which when you start you... when you start a story or an anecdote. You think, "Hang on a minute, I think I've just, I just already told you. Yeah. <laughs> Am yeah. I mad? Completely. Do you think I'm completely demented now?" <laughs> In seven uh, minutes, he told the same story three times <laughs> and then got up and left. I just start bizarre. like like in The Shining, just type, just say the same <laughs> anecdote, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like for, 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 for days on end. Yeah, exactly. But it, but it was anyway. It was, so anyway. It was a nice a nice turnover, a nice a nice yes. quick project essentially. Yes. Um, and I said, yes, I'd love to do it. Um, I was doing Veep at the time, but I said, look, as soon as I finish Veep, um, I'd love to do it. And I knew season four of Veep, I wanted to make that my last season. So as soon as it was done, I said, okay, let's do it. And actually, it came together really quickly. We, um, we, we spent about five or six months on the script and going out to Moscow and doing research. Um, the money to shoot it then came, together very quickly Goldmont came on board so they fully financed the whole thing fantastic um, got the cast together reasonably quickly and, and then a and fast what, shoot and, and what a cast as well I mean, the amazing. lineup is just yeah. it's it, I was excited because I saw the poster and yeah. I thought I like everyone on the poster yes. and then I saw Paddy Considine's name and he's been uh, a guest on the podcast yeah. he's a friend I love him yeah, yeah. And then, then when you were doing the introduction beforehand, you mentioned yeah. Paul Whitehouse. And yes. I was like, what? Damn, everyone yes. is and just Claire fantastic Eisbra in this. And, yeah. um, you know, uh, and Simon Russell Beale, of course, as, as Barrier, they kind of cheat. He was the one that torturer. stole the, sh- the, yeah. sh- the, sh- the, sh- the show. The show? I ju- he, he stole the shower from me. Um, <laughs> he I, has I, been known to do that. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's, I, uh, it's, a, it's a hidden secret in Hollywood that yeah. uh, Simon Russell Beale... <laughs> actually steals your shower it was he was yes. just so engaging in what yes. was if, if there was a lead it would be him i felt yes at, at the front and i'd become aware of him in 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 the tempest yes. um early this Absolutely, year and that was yeah. the first i'd heard of him i didn't know his well, rich he's lineage an, he's and, an amazing stage actor yeah. and he just doesn't do that many movies or, or television i think because he's committed to various stage productions yeah uh it's difficult to you know to fit in the oh. the time off really and uh, of course to, to go away schedule, isn't it? um uh yeah and and the film i suppose is is about you know the tussle between barrier who's like stalin's chief 
executioner yeah. uh, and Khrushchev, played by uh, Steve Buscemi. Yeah. It's really the tussle between the two of them as to who is going to... Basically, Khrushchev, is just, everyone is trying to stop Beria from taking over. They're all frightened that yeah. Beria takes over. Yeah. And Khrushchev is beginning to realise that he might be the one who has to try and do it. Yeah. I, I, I love the kind of... It felt like it's a load of people who work in an office <laughs> and are bitchy with each other and hate yeah. each other and trying to get, yes. get, get one over, which is, is funny in the moment. And then you realise that's probably what those things are like. Yes. Because they are loads Absolutely. of people who just work together, albeit work yeah. together through the yeah. death camps and dictatorships. Absolutely. But it does still become it's, a job as we It's like office is. politics, and yet the decisions they make have enormous life-changing yeah. consequences yeah. for millions and millions of people. And the film doesn't shrink from that. We, You know, going into the film... I, you know, I said to everyone, look, we have to be tremendously respectful of the fact that millions died or millions yeah. were imprisoned yeah. uh, or tortured. And, you know, that's not the source of the comedy. The comedy is about what's going yeah. on inside the walls, in the, yeah. in, the, in the ministries and in the offices, the, the Kremlin, the power play that's taking place. Uh, and then we see the ramifications of that outside. Yeah, and, 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 and the not shying away from that mm. kind of allows that, that humour and the 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 humanization of it all i yes, guess to, yes. to to come out and and and, yeah. and flow because it's not going oh ignore all the horrible bits no, it's the comedy it's going no it was hideous but this is I, I, <laughs> this a film that made had always made a tremendous impression on me was the great dictator by charlie chaplin yeah and yeah. i i went back it'd been ages since i watched it and i thought just before shooting i went back and watched it and i thought oh my god i mean it's it's about Hitler, and it was made in 1941, yeah. and it contains some of Chaplin's fan- most fantastic visual yeah. comic moments, and yet it also has scenes set in the Jewish ghetto. Yeah. And it doesn't hide from that. It and doesn't hide from the clearances and the... Yeah, and know. that's the kind of exciting and, and horrific thing, um, in that there's, there, there is that kind of people... Like, like with a, 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 a film like that, people who were involved in that will have lived yes. through that. Um, the, what's the film? Um, is it The Battle of Algiers? Which was, oh, yes. which was made... Fantastic Most film. of the cast yes. are, were, were involved in that revolution that. and have been through that. Yeah. That's mind-blowing. And um, people have, who have seen the film, who lived through the t- that time, the Great Terror, in yeah. the 30s, 40s and 50s in, in the Soviet Union, <clears throat> they've all said... You know, we laugh throughout. It's a funny film, yeah. but it is true. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah. And, you know, they liked the fact that it was accurate. Do you know yeah. what I mean? That it, yeah, we yeah, hadn't yeah. mucked about with what went on. We haven't distorted it. Uh, but they also liked the fact that it was funny. Rupert, friend in America, he went to a screening and he brought a friend of his uh, whose father had, had been to the Gulags. And, and yeah. he said the same. He said, I laughed throughout, but yeah, I can assure you this this rings true. This is, this is good. So, yeah. I mean, this. Two things that come to mind. I'll, I'll jump to this one. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the reaction has been amazing so far. So the far, yeah. The reviews are wonderful. The, yeah. the rotten, it's a weird thing that Rotten Tomato is now this, this gauge <laughs> yes. of, of, of films, but the, yes. the rating on there is fantastic. I know, I know. Um, have you heard much of the reaction from R- Russia and the Soviet? The media story has been that someone in the... Communist Party in Russia has said, you know, this is destabilize a plot by the West to destabilize Russia and so I on. Love it. Um, but they haven't seen the film, and it is just a guy yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in a country of two hundred million people. But it's turned into this big story. You know, it becomes an 
we have official statement exactly, on behalf of, and it's not. Yeah. you know, it, it, it's like somebody from you know a tiny little council in somewhere in the UK yeah. had said, uh, "We hate Blade Runner." Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and then the story around the world is Britain will ban Blade. You know, it's not. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so we've we've got a Russian distributor. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in due time, uh, the, the American release is next March. So I think yeah. round about then, they'll, they'll you know, put in process whatever needs to be done to get it in the cinemas. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, the Ministry of Culture in Russia has said, well, we haven't seen the film. We're not going to comment. You know, we'll, yeah. we'll look yeah. at the film. Interesting, though, when I was at the Toronto Film Festival, when it got its world premiere, I, I had a session with uh, the Russian press, and each right. of them said how much they enjoyed the film. Fantastic. I mean, they, they all said also, thank God you didn't use fake Russian accents, because we hate that. I mean, that, <laughs> was, that was something I felt almost yeah. guilty of, because mm. the script is amazing, the mm. performances are mm. flawless, yet I was just endlessly entertained by... <laughs> The actors use or, or, or British yeah. and American accents. Yeah. So, so Stalin had a Cockney accent, and there yeah. was yeah. Northern accents, and obviously yes, Buscemi we've got, is. We've got a bit of Europe. Irish. We've got uh, Scottish. We've uh, Brezhnev at the end is Scottish. It was just, um, it was just endlessly then, hilarious. To but me then, that. well, they're good. But I mean, the idea of that is to keep it. You know, if you sit and watch everyone talking like that, you know, yeah. first it'd be really slow and ponderous. Yeah, it, it doesn't free the actors up, but also. Well, which Russian accent are you going to use? Yeah. Because, you know, the Soviet Union at the time was a massive empire. Right, of and, course. And, and Stalin was Georgian and Beria were Georgian. So yeah. they spoke a completely different language, yeah. you know, if they wanted to. Yeah. Khrushchev was from Ukraine. There were people from Belarus. There were people from the, the, the Asian side of, of, of the Soviet Union. Yeah. So you've got a whole melting pot of dialects and accents and languages there. Yeah. So I thought the way to replicate that was to do it in English, but to have various versions of English being spoken. Yeah. So you've got this mix. And also they have a mix of backgrounds. Some of them were from a sort of an intellectual, you know, previously determined bourgeois background. Others yeah, were yeah. from, you know, from peasant stock, yeah. you know, and all that. So you want this mix of... of and then casting-wise, there's a mix of acting traditions. You know, yeah, there's yeah, Paul Whitehouse who does his own... TV stuff. Yeah. Michael Palin, obviously, who has yeah. that rich heritage of comedy. And then uh, Steve Buscemi, who's great, got, got a great film back catalogue. Yeah. Simon yeah. Russell Beale, who's a stage actor. You know, it's all this mix that I kind of actually like. To, really. to, to, to bring that actually into it, if, if anything, it would be arguable that uh, everyone trying to put on a good Russian yeah. accent could distract from the actual yes. performances in the person. In, Absolutely. Uh, the tradition of masks in Japanese cinema yes, was, yes. Was, 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 was to remove the actor or, or the performance almost and just yes. make it this that they're, they're a model being used yes. to tell a story as such yes. which that kind of comes in there in that way that it is it's that kind of going well it's not about who can do the best accent and who no, can be the most of thing it's about the mood and yes. the tone and everything else yes. so let's focus on that and also we're terribly we're terribly literal in movies yeah. I think you know if you go to the theatre yeah. well to start with is just people on a stage uh-huh. and then they have to make do with what resources they have to turn it into a church hall or a, a moving train or yeah. and you buy into it yeah. you buy into the fact that you know it, it might be a sort of multi-ethnic 
cast, but yeah. they're all playing husbands and wives and brothers and, you know, you buy into it. You're not going, well, you know, he doesn't look like he's in the same, you know, ethnic background as him. And, you yeah. know, you just, you buy, you, 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 the suspension of disbelief, you That's, know, you, 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 you yeah. are forced to project the illusion because the reality there is, is so obviously artificial. Yeah. And yet in movies, we have to be very literal for some reason. We seem to yeah. do so much to make it so real, yes. so literal. And, and I mean, Bresson's a great example of, of declining yeah. that, of going, yes. no, cinema is its own art form. It's yes. not meant to replicate real no, life. Exactly. Real life is real life. You've got yes. that every day. Cinema yes. should be doing it. It shouldn't live to the restrictions of real life. It shouldn't accept yes. all of these things. It shouldn't. Equally, that theatre is its own thing. Yes. We shouldn't just be putting a camera in front of a play essentially there should be you should be looking at what you can do with the medium yeah, within I mean, which you're working yeah I mean it's interesting some of the last one in things was it was it Dogville the one where it was yeah. just again he, he almost shot it like it was in a a theatre yeah, 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 yeah just yeah, very yeah. minimal and, yeah, sets yeah, and course. so on and it'd be interesting to see like a sci-fi movie where there are no special effects yeah and it's just yeah. you know people <laughs> you know waving kind of Making shadows in the wall to symbolise a planet yeah, or something, you know, it, it, it'd be, be interesting to do that. You get those sort of people are forced to do it in low budget movies. You know, yeah. Derek Jarman and 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 you know Peter Greenaway, I suppose, does yeah, that yeah, as well. You know, where he says, no, 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 it doesn't have to be a kind of. We don't have to spend billions trying to recreate this. You know, medieval city. What yeah. we can do is just get some people in the right costume, and then just by the lighting and some shapes, we can we can make the illusion of it come yeah, come alive completely. And it's that it's that thing of um, as technology pr- progresses, the more more we can do. You, f- you forget that the mind can do a lot yeah, as well. Yeah. We don't have to replace that. We can we can and we yes. can choose to, but we can yes. also go. Well, no, you've got to deal with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literature is all in your head, so. Allow you could allow some of that to come yeah, in rather yeah, than yeah. go. This is a complete replacement for you yes. having to think at all. Absolutely, you should be able to go and think. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I have to say it was wonderfully relaxing to watch a piece of yours without the impending fear of viewing the dark f- f- future that is ahead. Right, okay. So, so <laughs> how was it to use source material from history yes. rather than? I mean, with from the day to day to to. To, to Partridge with with a Richard Madeley striving to become that role now more and more um, to to the thick of it and Veep just seeming to foreshadow right, the yeah, ludicrousy yeah. of the way the world yeah. is spiralling how was it to kind of go let's go and look at stuff that's already happened well, so yes. we're not having to worry I about know. what we're predicting there, there, or there, there was an element of, of that but uh, you know it was a conscious decision to because I had been looking at the idea of dictatorships and yeah. authority figures with mm. a view to maybe doing uh, a fictional you know imagine there was a British yeah. dictator now or something yeah. like that yeah. um, and then you know the story was was uh, suggested to me and I read it and I thought well this is it this is the story because actually why why do a made up version when I can go this happened yeah Unfortunately, uh, it's sort of become a warning about what might be happening now in terms yeah. of, you know, we shot it last summer. So it was before Trump became president. It was before uh, the whole, his obsession with Putin mm-hmm. and North Korea and other right. dictators, you know. 
but there are certain parallels there. I was going to say, I love how it feels like there's nods to numerous bits of those in it, even though it was filmed before. Exactly, exactly. But, you know, (laughs) Stalin, you know, if you opposed Stalin, you would be be labelled an enemy of the people. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you oppose Trump, you're labelled as unpatriotic and and fake news. You know, it's that kind of trying to shut down opposition by almost criminalising it. Yeah, that yeah, is yeah, a frightening yeah. for me. It's a frightening process to see happening. Yeah, and and it all gr- gradually, yeah, just going b- backwards towards that. Yes, with the exact same methods under the so guise I'm, of threat, under the guise of protecting ourselves, under yes. the guise of it being for our own good. Yes, restricting our rights and our freedoms by going well. You don't want this. It's dangerous to you. It's like that's also the right. you know the 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 Trump very much. Uh, models himself on that thing of you know the, the, the one person who can save the country yeah the one person who has all the answers and yeah. no one else has and if anyone else suggests an answer they're an idiot or they're yeah. failing or as I say they're fake news you know they're criticised they're yeah, lambasted yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, you know, they're crooked they're, they're you know tiny yeah. you know, whatever it is that he can call them yeah all of the he's insults. the only guy who's got the special magic to, to turn this yeah. around, you know. So it becomes a personality cult. Yeah. Which is what Stalin became. A lot of people were carrying out these things on Stalin's behest because, you know, he was the great leader. Yeah. Uh, almost, he didn't even have to tell them to do it in a way, you know, yeah. because he just knew that that's what they would think that he would want. So he, they would carry that, it out. That unwavering know? loyalty in that respect. Yes. It's, it's fascinating because with Trump, being the the extreme example, but yeah. society in general having that example now, if we do seem, particularly through s- the social media, yes. we do seem to be turning to a world of inflexibility in debate. I know we you, don't. You're, you're either agree with me or you're my enemy. Exactly. You know, rather than you agree or we disagree, yeah, it's like yeah, you agree yeah. or no. you're evil, and it's and, and I think it's, it's because bizarre. in in social media we're encouraged, you know, without being aware of it, to just talk to people who we agree with and who yeah. share our yeah. Uh, opinions or our likes, you know. Yeah. And if somebody disagrees with us, you just block them. You unfollow yeah. them. Um, uh, your news is filtered through your own set of um, predetermined interests. Yeah. yeah. So you will only read about things that you want to read about. You w- so you won't get something that yeah. you don't want to read about. Uh, and therefore, we kind of lose the habit. We get out of the habit of having a, a, a debate. Yeah. You yeah. know. So so it, it turns into. Well, you've just disagreed with me, therefore you are wrong. And because you are wrong, you are now represent a danger. I don't feel safe in your presence, so can you leave, please? Yeah. You know, that's that's the kind of... Yeah. And, and we see it in politics. I mean, the Brexit thing, I think, is that thing of every party leader has decided they are the only person who can do Brexit. Yeah, yeah. So they won't discuss any kind of compromise with any other party. And that's not what you a know. democracy. And that's not what a democracy is meant is. to be. Is the, you know the definition. That's what a dictatorship is well, yeah. meant to be. You're like, we've got our way. You've you, got your way. Yeah. The point of a democracy, democracy is, that is everyone has their say, yeah. and you know the idea is you work towards something that represents the views of the majority. Mm-hmm. You know, but if you're saying no, no, I, you know, just the way the electoral system works. Yeah. I'm now in charge, even though I only got whatever it was, 42% of the vote. Yeah. I still get to decide 100% of what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Know? Do you think that the, the, the access to the opinion of others 
is restricting people from forming their own opinions I think properly, so, yeah. and that makes them defensive I as do- well because yeah. they've got something they're outraged about. Yeah, they don't really know why they're. Out- they've been told they yeah. should be outraged. So yeah, yeah, yeah. when that is challenged, there's a no. Y- yeah. You're a racist party. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. a defense mechanism of well, I just read that I should be angry about this. If you challenge and, and, and me, and also it, there's a I might sort of come there's a sort of pressure put upon you to join in with the outrage. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, if yeah, you yeah, haven't completely. joined, if you haven't retweeted this, if you haven't signed this petition, you know why not? I I, I did yeah. a post. Um, uh, yesterday on on social media, just highlighting again, not giving any comment initially no. even, but just highlighting that the two bi- biggest stories of recent weeks on social media have been the the appropriate outrage at Harvey Weinstein yes. and uh-huh. all of his behaviour and action and and and, and his his mm-hmm. restriction of opportunity in exchange for sexual mm-hmm. encounters and so on and so forth. And the other big story was the 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 morning of the legend that is Hugh Hefner. <laughs> yes. And the irony yeah, in that, the irony in not questioning yeah, yeah, that, and yeah. I'm not saying they're exactly the same or on the same level, <laughs> no, no, no. but there's parallels yeah, there yeah, yeah, of, that's, of that's, the way they've run the things. Yet, that's hilarious. no yeah, one yeah, yeah. said, no. be outraged at Hugh Hefner. They said, oh, well, what a legend. Yeah, but then yeah, they yeah. said, be outraged at Harvey. They're like, yeah, well, yeah. again, they're right to be outraged no, at Harvey, absolutely. but it's, yeah, that, no, it's that weird thing that that's... So uh, did you get any kind of, how dare you kind of... I had a few people saying... Completely 100% talking about Harvey Weinstein. I had a few people saying, so, oh, are you saying... That Hugh Hefner's a rapist. I'm saying, well, he had one or two accusations, yeah, but you yeah. know, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying yeah. anything. I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm making this parallel. A yeah. really interesting one was someone um, just brought up another news story because it had been suggested that that hurricanes should, or what the person said was that a study had come out saying that hurricanes having female names was making people less scared or aware of the ferocity than, than okay. the ones that have male names yeah. because of a bias. So it was, so this person was saying that the hurricanes should have male names to show their power. Obviously there was a backlash to that comment, yeah, yeah, yeah. but then one person then posted the actual study and the study said that they shouldn't be personalized at, at all. all. They, yeah. they shouldn't yeah. have names. They should have yeah. the warnings. And I just, just be called hurricane fucker or yeah something. yeah and yeah. I, I was like i just i had to step away from it because the the <laughs> the, the metaness of someone reading a headline but not the actual study no i know and then I the know, study know, know, is about people judging from the name of a hurricane rather than the clear warnings that come after every hurricane yeah, and yeah, yeah. the warnings are big but yeah. it's called sarah I know. Sarah sounds a lot. Mind you, Harvey. Like, Harvey is yeah. hardly frightening as no, a name, but exactly. that, that was cataclysmic for a yeah. lot of people. Um, but the other, I remember reading a story, it was just last week actually, and it was about a freshers' fair in a, he was in an Oxford college, and they decided, you know how all the student societies set up their stalls? Yeah. But they told the Christian Union that they couldn't be there. Yeah. Because they wanted to make it a safe, secular space. Yeah. And I just think. <clears throat> I just think that it's, there's so many questions being begged there about, first of all, the assumption, mm. the values you have to put on it as an absolute, yeah. no question, is secularism as opposed to any hint of religion. Yeah. And then, then the kind of the lack of, and then the whole question of freedom of speech and, and, and so on comes into play. Yeah. You know, I'm not advocating, I'm not, you know, I'm not coming out as a Christian or, you know, yeah. evangel, but I, I just struck me as kind of, that is a weird set of, deciding in advance what the values are yeah. of the students who are going to yeah. come into the room. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. The, 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 <laughs> and, this is against them. It's yeah, this is against them. And also, it then takes you to the question of, like, 
what is wrong with being offended? Yeah. Just what actually is wrong? You know, if you have a set of beliefs, 100%. if somebody challenges them, you should yeah. be able to kind of, yeah. you know, if you hold those beliefs, if, if, if their beliefs are held strongly, yeah. you should be able to withstand yeah. a kind of joke about them or, a, or a, an attack on them, verbal attack on them, 100%. or an argument against them. You should be able to do that. If you can't, then it doesn't sound like that, that those beliefs are held that strongly. No, no, yeah, ex- it, you know. it, exactly. It is a weird thing. It's another thing in, in, in modern society where we have made the mistake that offence is something that we shouldn't ever encounter. And yeah. that if we're offended that something has to be taken off the radio or taken off yeah. the TV or wherever else, like, you're allowed to be offended and you're allowed to yeah. react appropriately. But yeah, it doesn't yeah, mean that that yeah. person has to necessarily lose their job or lose their career. <laughs> they can lose yes. you as, a, as an audience. Yeah, yeah. That's great. That's yeah, yeah, often an yeah. appropriate Absolutely. reaction. But to yeah. have this completeness of this person has caused offence. So, well, as you said, it's good to have your beliefs challenged yes, every now and absolutely. then right that absolutely. helps yeah but um it's it's i had a journalist uh syed mckennett on recently yes. who's the 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 terrorism journalist for the chicago post and one of the things that she discussed in detail was the fact that well again we're, we're allowed to have different beliefs yes. and, and religion is the epitome of that is that that illusion that we have to have well mm. christians can't be friends with Muslims or whatever. No, no, no yeah. you're all allowed to have these different Absolutely, beliefs. Their belief yeah. systems, they shouldn't be. And equally, it's it's gone that other way of right. We want no religion here. It's like, exactly. Well, you can have people. You, you, I, I was brought up a Catholic. I yes. don't have any religious belief. but yes. I'm not offended by Christianity or Catholicism no, no. or anything. It, it sort of turns us all into fundamentalists yeah. about ourselves. You yeah. know what I mean? That, that my views yeah. are the only ones that I want to be to hear from anyone else. In my presence at any point. Yes. Only my views, please. Exactly. Crazy, In fact, how, right? you, how dare you not be me? Yeah. yeah. I'm offended by the yeah. fact I, that you're not exactly like me. And again, you know? it's, it's mind-blowing to me. I, 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 I realised a while back that... I'm getting to a point in my life where I've got a decent idea what's right for me and what my beliefs are, but the arrogance to think that they should be the same for a single mum in in Wales and a family of of ten in in Ireland. Why would we have the same beliefs and the same system? We've got completely different existences. And I think that is part of the problem with politics at the moment is like you know when they do say reform of the benefit system or mm. you know a tax reform and so on they do this sort of analysis on a piece of paper which says oh well this might work yeah and then don't see that you can't apply this one model to everyone uh, yeah. <clears throat> you know different people have different circumstances yeah. and in fact and the lack of flexibility different parts of the country have wholly completely different mm. you know economies the way the economies work and so yeah. on and it's that sort of one idea fits all yeah. which which just is i think it leads to the frustration that people get or that sense that politicians aren't listening to them yeah yeah you know, that the kind of politicians can have great intentions yeah it's just the manner it's a lack of imagination i think that's what it is it's yeah. a lack of seeing that you know people outside their own frame of reference and outside their you know team of specialist advice that they get yeah. can have a different you know have have different experiences yeah yeah so do you find the the varying pool of humanity plentiful inspiration for characters and stuff like that because just going back to even starting at the day-to-day and yeah. stuff like that 
so much that again it's kind of it's it's I look at at the news today and see the day to day and things yeah. like that and brass eye and everything yes. else. But you can also go, well, that's just people that have always existed. Yes, that's, absolutely. That's, it's, absolutely. It's, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's documenting them. Well, the next film I'm going to do is David Copperfield. Oh, next, wow. next year. I'm a huge Dickens fan. You know, if yeah. you read Dickens, you know, he kind of nails it in terms of how society works. And, you know, we have this stereotype view of Dickens, which is that he, he wrote lots of caricatures. Yeah. That these are unbelievable, exaggerated people. But, you know... Um, you read you read him and and it's about you know great expectations about someone who grows up is from a poor background is given a lot of money yeah becomes a snob yeah and then you know in danger of losing that money starts to realize you know that he's just changed his he's twisted his whole set of values to to just measure people by by how rich they are yeah yeah of course you know and and david copperfield is a character mr dick who's the first character i think in english literature who's who is acknowledged to be mentally ill right the character mr dick um uh, is trying to write a kind of volume on something but his thoughts he keeps getting thoughts about the execution of charles the first in his head he just can't get it out of his head and the only way he can get these out of his head is by writing them on down on a piece of paper and sticking those bits of paper together to make a kite and then he flies the kite. And when the kite is up in the air, all those thoughts have left his oh, head. Oh, wow. And when the wind dies and the that. kite falls to the ground, the thoughts come back into his head. That's and it's beautiful. just, it's marvellous, yeah. isn't yeah. it? And it's just, a, and Dickens, you know, and, and it's what we were saying, you know, these people are there. They're always there, yeah. you know, and they're not exaggerations. They're not eccentric. They're not, they're just us. Yeah. And, you know, we are varied and we are all unusual in our own way. You yeah. Know? And that's what he was picking up on. And uh, and it's the, it's kind of the not, again, s- similar with the not shying away from the the the, the horror in, in Death of Stalin. It's the not shying away from the annoyances and the inadequacies of humans that yeah. finds their humour, I guess. Yeah. finds that. That goes, well, look, look how ridiculous we are. Mm. Uh, look how ludicrous we are as, yeah, as people. That's that's funny. Let, and let's all, laugh at it because otherwise it's very depressing. <laughs> <laughs> we're all fallible and we're all frightened of being found out. We all yeah. think we've just about got away with it. But yeah. one day someone's going to say, no, well, you shouldn't really be here. I don't know yeah. what you're doing here. Yeah. You know, you, you need to go now. <clears throat> yeah. It's so funny when we did um, In The Loop and we were very lucky that the, the script got an Oscar nomination. Yeah. And the four of us, <laughs> it's so British, you know, you're invited to an Oscars lunch. What, right. Which is all the nominees. Yeah. Two weeks before the ceremony. And so we arrived and it was all the, you know, models of the Oscars. And we were kind of wandering around and we went up to the stage. You know, we were, up, you know, we were the first to arrive. We, we, we can't do that fashionably late yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. We're so excited. We're taking photos of, and then, uh, of standing next to big, tall Oscars. But there was this paranoia <laughs> that someone was going to come up and say, what the hell are you doing yeah, here? Yeah. Get up. Yeah. You know, there's just that fear of, like, we shouldn't really be here, you know. This is really... Only George Clooney should be here. Yeah. Not us, you know. And <laughs> it's, it's so kind of... It's bizarre, isn't it? The, the, the allure and glamour of the... Yeah. Of, of, of the American end of the film industry. Because, yeah, again, yeah, yeah, even yeah. at that yeah. point, you'd been on the top of UK TV and all that <laughs> For many years, but there will always still be. Something else. Oh, I'm in. You know, I'm in the proper 
the proper film industry now. I, I remember once. Uh, how's this? I, I once had. Here's a good line for you. I once had lunch with Radiohead. Amazing. Um, <laughs> Amazing. Damn right. No, no, no. It was. Uh, it was uh, in uh, the the Ivan Novello Awards. The, yeah. You know. So and they were getting a. And I and I said to. Um, I said to Johnny the. Um, I said, "Do you regard yourself as you know rock stars?" Mm. And and he said, "No, we were at a thing, and you two were there." And we just thought, "We oh, it must be great to be them." Yeah, you know, there's always <laughs> they're that, true rock that, stars, aren't they? But, but there's but always someone, someone else, else, isn't there? You know? I, I I started off in music, and the first song that I did was a song called "Dash Always Kill," and it had a big bit that that. That listed band names and then said just a band and it got uh, people uh, yeah. a bit angry at the time because yeah, it was yeah. like as if it was an insult but that came from I sat down at Christmas one year and thought of Radiohead and thought yeah, yeah. Radiohead or Radiohead but right now they're each at their mum's houses yeah sat around the table yeah. <laughs> being told to pass some <clears throat> p- yeah. potatoes so they're just bad all of them everyone in film in music i, I remember someone telling some me point. that when we were researching for feet someone telling me that henry kissinger when he started working in the white house yeah under nixon would spend about the first year or so just saying to people am i doing okay do do, do you think he likes me i don't know he doesn't say am i all right am i doing all right? you just think that's it. henry kissinger <laughs> yeah know, i love just, it we're just all like that you well, know. so so when you were working on um on in the loop and the thick of it. Yeah. Did it kind of feel like that was? It, mm. I, I remember when when watching it, it felt like oh, this is perfect. This is a golden period where British politics is just b- bananas. Yeah. And and this is perfect time to observe it. Yeah. But it'll end and then and we'll then... go back to normality. <laughs> and then the show ended and the normality never came back. No. It kind of it feels like and again like all good series, it's good to go out at the right point. But it feels like. That could have just kept going on and on because there's so much I know. source material in the mess. That but it's now beyond. Politics, you right? know, you know, Theresa May does a speech and the letters fall off behind oh. her. Oh. We would have cut that as just yeah. too unbelievable, too yeah. stupid. I was going to say, is it hard you know? to write satire in the current political world where well, the satire <clears throat> is almost, as you said, you you wouldn't you'd edit that. You'd go, no, that's that's too. No, crazy I mean, idea. actually, you know, I'm glad that we're not doing think of it because you know a kind of fictionalized version of what's going on i think doesn't carry uh any weight because it it, it will feel lesser than what's yeah. going on what's interesting it's now true. is that the comedians i think who are sort of hitting hardest are the ones who are almost like journalists you know john yeah. oliver and yeah Samantha Bee, The Daily Show, yeah. uh, Charlie Bo- Brooker when he's doing Newswire, yeah. you know, what they're doing is going, okay, you know, you're telling us that the media is fake news. Why don't we, the comedians, now just sit down with a team of proper researchers and proper investigators and sift through the facts? Yeah. Hey, here's a fact. Oh, and here's something you said four years ago. And here's how you've changed that to this, you know, actually laying the yeah. facts out. And the comedy arises from, you know, this sequence of facts that they present to you. Completely. And... <clears throat> John Oliver is a perfect example of that, of just the crispness and the yeah. fact that it it's getting as much response of politicians all around the world yes. as any news reports yes. are or anything like that. His, his satire digs. And I love it. I, I like to watch John Oliver and check on a website called fullfact.org. And okay, they, yeah, they yeah. just fact yes. check all, all, yes. all press conferences and things like that. And just go, here's what's inaccurate. So that's the facts without... 
the smile and entertainment. And John then turns up and goes, look at how ridiculous the, yeah, yeah. the world yeah. is at the moment. Yeah. Um, so how was it going from British politics to doing a Veep? Again, probably a scary jump in into America, well, but one that ended up being hugely well-received. Well, yes. I mean, it, it didn't feel scary. I mean, we'd done it a little bit within the loop. Um, yeah, of course. But, but with Veep, you know, speaking to HBO, they were a little bit like working with the BBC maybe 10, 15 years ago, yeah. where they just kind of approached you and let you get on with it. Wow. And the first thing they said to me was, look, we like what you do, so the last thing we're going to do is say, can you change what you do? Oh, wow. That's you know? exactly, what you want, uh, exactly how you want to work, and, right? and we're here just to support you and make sure it happens and give you the resources you need and, and whatever. Um, and then we'll, you know, put our whole machine behind it and, you know, when we launch yeah. it. Um, so it didn't feel scary. It, it, in terms of the methodology... It was with the thick of it writers and the same directors, and yeah. we, we we edit all the post production was done in London. Right, it was really we were out, and the cast came over to London to rehearse Amazing. for two weeks. So we were out there in Baltimore for four months in the year, and the rest of the time we we're over here. And yeah, you know, there was an element of you know when you first make it, what will America think? You know, yeah. will they think what these Brits doing coming over telling us what's funny and what isn't funny? Yeah, and in fact they were tremendously receptive, and a lot of them said. Because you, you forget how polarised politics is there, how partisan it is. You know, Truly. you grew up in a Democrat house or a Republican house yeah. or a state. Or, you know, it's... And they said it maybe needed someone who wasn't part of that. Yeah. Uh, that kind of great divide to be able to stand back and look at the whole thing and go, OK, this is a bit bonkers. This is what we think is bonkers about yeah. it. And so on. But the other thing it made me realise, and I think this is still true despite what Trump, the, the image Trump projects is, America's a very welcoming country. Yep. You know, that's, that's its success story is built on, on, on people coming from anywhere and on, everywhere. On the American and, dream. Yeah. And just, you know, the melting pot thing of just everyone come in. Yeah. And, you know, so nobody had a problem with the fact that we weren't from America. Yeah. And yeah. I keep thinking, what would it be like if the French came here and did a satire on British politics? How would we take that? Yeah. Or the Americans came yeah, here. And yeah, did, yeah. We'd be a little bit kind of, what were you doing? Don't we would you know? be so British about I it. I know. But yeah. And yet, so it's, it was a one. useful, you know, I do find them a generous people and, yeah. a, and a receptive and, you know, so, and I think that still is the case despite you know, the the profile Trump has given to this other aspect, this kind of yeah. isolationist, um, nationalistic side. Yeah, it's, it's, it is a fascinating one. And you're right that it may have been hard for any American to write unbiased on these, these subjects. Because, yes. I mean, even I've got friends who are so, you know, a, a very aware and, and, and aware of the damage that Trump is doing and things like that. But then they're still deep down. I mean, we're still America. It's, yeah. it's still America the Great, America number one kind yeah. of thing. And, and, and that's still there. Yeah, yeah, no matter yeah, how yeah. ashamed they are or how yes. questioning they are, it's still... Yes. But I still love... It's still the beautiful America and all yes. that kind of thing. It's like, well, yeah, you can't be objective. And also, you know, you forget how much it is to do with just the land. You know, yeah. it's a vast... <clears throat> <clears throat> vast country and yeah. there's a relationship with the state yeah. uh, that, that we don't have you know maybe Yorkshire has a kind of thing about being from Yorkshire and so on but we're not as wedded to the region Completely. as, as Completely. much as in America the, the, the state is as important 
as <clears throat> as the bigger country. Yeah, you know? yeah. And, and, I mean, again, it, it wasn't until I I toured America mm. that you can't. I mean, as a Brit, you're always going, oh, you know that it's. it's I, I watched the crazy statistics. Something like sixty percent or seventy percent of Americans haven't got a got, passport. Got, got a passport. Yeah. Like, and then you go there and you go. All oh, right, it's because they've got multiple <laughs> countries exactly, in one country. Exactly, we live on yeah, a small island. Exactly. We need a fucking passport yeah, 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 to yeah. experience anything. Whereas, you know, they've got every climate there, and yeah. you know, they've got the desert, they've got the snow, they've got you know the mountains, they've got you know the, the beaches that yeah, yeah. So you can see why. I mean, yeah. it's massive. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing we forget is it's a foreign country. Yeah. It's not Britain. Yeah, yeah. Because they speak English, it's that Alistair Cook thing of American Britain are divided by the same language. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. We yeah, think yeah, we're yeah. the same, and we're yeah. not. It's different sets of cultural values, which is why we just don't get this the guns thing or the you know healthcare is an infringement on your yeah. personal freedom. Yeah, which is all part of this you know anti-government. It's all you know Americans came there to be free from from you know the Brits and the tax you know. Yep. So it's part of that, you know, it's in the DNA that sort of we don't want any kind of anyone else telling us what to do. Yeah, yeah. You know, that we can't, I'm not justifying the gun thing. It's no, bizarre. But, that, but, that it, but you it forget comes... that it is, a, it's, it is another country. Yeah, yeah. It's the, 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 the root of the gun thing is, so, and again, I completely yeah. can't defend it because it's a faulted argument. But it's, <laughs> it's, it's to be yeah. able to protect yourself against the government, to protect yeah, yeah, yourself yeah. against yeah. other things, to, to yeah. have that independence as individuals. Yes. Yes. Um, and, and yeah, it's, 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 it's a bizarre one, but it's because that's not how we've, we've I know. grown up or existed. I know. Well, I'll start to wrap things up. Yeah. I want to know, uh, before we end, on the kind of direct in front, how was it to work with all of these characters, particularly when they are... Um, putting so much of themselves into yes, each, each role. Was, yeah. was there a lot more of your time and focus spent in getting the script right? And then when you're there, kind of going, well, well you're, you're, you're Steve Buscemi. Yeah. So do, <laughs> do what you know how to do know, very there's well. An, there's an overlap because, you know, yeah, you, we, a lot of work goes in the script. But actually, while we're doing that work, I like to cast early. Because mm. we like to know who it is we're writing for. Fantastic. You know, I was going to say, worth did the accents yeah. were they on paper before no, no, you were no. cast? Like that, who who's going who's to, to work? And then, yeah, and then talking to the actor about that person, and they yeah. did a bit of research, and we supplied a bit of research, and uh, you know, Steve looked at Khrushchev's sort of physical mannerisms, his his use of his hands and yeah. gestures, which is slightly Italian in a way, slightly kind of Latin, kind of yeah, the, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. being very emphatic with your hand gestures and so on. Uh, or Andrea, you know, we talked very early on about what Svetlana would like. She read biographies and the autobiography in her letters and just to get the kind of nervous fragility. About. So we, you know, we worked on that and fed that into the script. And then as a cast, they all met ahead of the sh- filming yeah. for a couple of weeks to rehearse. And that's when they got to know each other's characters yeah. as well as their own and develop those relationships. And that's what yeah. came across br- brilliantly. So that when you go into the shoot, exactly. So that when you go into the shoot, you're not having those conversations that take up an hour and a half and everyone, 150 people on set are standing around waiting yeah, for yeah. the first take. You've had those discussions. Yeah. And now let's do it. And, and there's still time to play around, but it means everyone is confident about who they are and who everyone else is and, and, and what to do. So the writing actually sort of merges imperceptibly into the directing and performing right, side. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. That's great. So, yeah. well, um, so 
I'll let you get get on now. But how much time have you got to focus on this release and the excitement? Are you straight into no, 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 David Copperfield? No, uh, uh, you know, we'll we'll do another couple of weeks of this, and then you know, all starts again in America next year. So I'd love to do. (laughs) Yeah, you know, hopefully by then we'll have finished casting Copperfield and I'll yeah. be thinking about, about that but you know it's what people do you know I knew after Veep I wanted to start making more movies it had been yeah. nine years since In the Loop wow. and um, talking to other directors they all said you've got to have three or four projects on the yeah. go because the way it works is you know you may be ready to shoot one and then it all falls apart or yeah. you have to delay it because yeah. you know the cast that you want just aren't available for another year There's so many m- and then you parts. move to the next one if that happens then pull the next one out and get going with that one so that's where i'm doing yeah. i've got about three it's, or four projects it's the difference of tv stages. isn't it on tv yes. it's kind of your people are locked in for that period exactly and they're locked and they're you kind of know everything you know how many episodes you know how long they have to yep. be you know what the budget is you know yeah. when it's going out film it's such a crazy business model it's well here's the idea I don't know if we're going to get anyone to pay for us to write it oh we have there we go now let's see if someone will pay for us to make it oh they've given us money oh great who will be in it well let's let's work that out okay great we've made the film now does anyone want to show it oh yes now we've got someone to pay for that you know and you just think this is crazy it's things (laughs) that you completely can't plan for as well the favours that people Um, are and whatever will if you keep him for this bit longer, we yeah, can keep him. So we'll push yeah. this film back here. Because you need that actor over it's there. It's a and massive like, uh, three-dimensional chess game yeah, that goes on. Which makes sense, as said then, to have multiple things on the go so yeah. you don't l- lay in bed pulling your hair out yeah, going, yeah, yeah. so when are they? So when do we start? When does this happen? It's <laughs> yeah, like, no, yeah. okay, let's just allow it to be, to yeah, be what it is. Yeah. Well, th- thank you very much for pleasure. taking the time. It's been a pleasure chatting. Yeah. Cheers. Wow, thank you. There we go. That was Armando Iannucci. What an absolute legend. Amazing to get to sit down with the dude. I've been a fan of him for a long time. So I was really appreciative of him making the time. As I mentioned earlier, next week's guest, another great writer and director, um, S. Craig Zala. You're going to enjoy that. He he's he's a maverick. Like I, you, literally, that's the best the best way to describe him the gentleman is a maverick so check that out next week also subscribe and rate and review if you're the kind of sad loser that subscribes and rates and reviews podcasts i mean just get on with your life don't 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 rate me how dare who who do you think you only god can judge me um and i don't believe in him so no one can judge me. So don't rate and review. There's no need for that. Let's not. Let's all be grown-ups about this. Enjoy the free content. Maybe have a look at speechofanimalrecords.com to spend some money. Other than that, just get on with your day, dude. It is all good. Enjoy yourselves. Right. Um, I'm going to go. So n- next week is S. Craig Zala. The week after that, I'm going to put out... I'm going to finally put out the live Distraction Pieces podcast from, from Dublin that a lot of you have been been waiting for a long time then after that i'm going to put out the gene gray episode then after that i'm going to put out the johnny lee miller episode i've got a lot of episodes to put out i'm a busy man i've got a lot recorded they're all treats 
of you guys and you're going to love them all. So yeah, enjoy that and I will see you uh I'll see you next week. Ta ta.